This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. 4-0, Flames leading the Sabres late in the second period. Penguins are up 1-0 on the Flyers after one. Kessel gets his 28th. Coyotes and Canucks will start in about an hour. The Edmonton Oil Kings trail Prince Albert 3-2, nine minutes into the second period. And the Pistons leading the Raptors 56-43 in the dying seconds of the first half. The score in the second quarter, 33-16 for the Pistons. At one point, they were outscoring the Raptors 24-4 in the second quarter. So Toronto's going to have to try to come back here in uh, the second half. They're 46-17. Pistons just 29-35, but Detroit having the better of that game so far. Reports out of Carolina, well, the Hurricanes have confirmed it. Ron Francis out as general manager. He's going to stay with the team as president of Hockey Ops. The new GM, however, will not report to Francis. He'll report directly to the team owner. So that's an interesting story to follow there. New York Islanders, Edmonton Oilers tomorrow. We're talking about Matthew Barzell having a great season, the rookie forward for the Islanders, and he's been playing with Jordan Eberle, and he's loving it. You know, just getting home this year and playing with him a lot. So, uh, he's again, he's an unbelievable guy, a great teammate, and he's kind of like an old, older brother to me maybe. So, uh, again, on the ice, super easy to play with. Like, you know, top-end skill in the NHL. So, um, easy, easy guy to play with. I mean, I love playing with him, and... Yeah, it's a big night for him tomorrow, so uh, you know, hopefully we can get a win for him. What does he bring to the dressing room? Uh, I mean, you know, he's a pretty laid-back guy, and I think uh, you know you need you need that every once in a while. Just you know, guys even keel all the time, so he's great at that. Not not getting too high, and you know, when we lose a couple or whatever, he's you know trying to you know pump us back up and that kind of stuff. Game tomorrow night, 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Ched, puck drop at 7. Should be a good one. Islanders, they can score, but defensively worst team in the NHL they've allowed more goals per game than anybody else big event coming up in Edmonton Friday and Saturday Red Bull crashed ice now I tell you what on uh, the 630 Chat Instagram page we have time-lapse video of the track being built and if you're like me and uh, you use Grierson Hill there every day to go to and from work you've been driving right alongside and underneath the track construction so i've seen it going up bit by bit over the last couple of weeks and gabe andre one of the skaters who will be flying down the track this weekend gabe welcome to inside sports how are you doing pretty good thank thank you how yeah, are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, you know, yeah, thanks for having me. Red Bull crash ice, and you're an Edmonton guy, so this is a this is a home game for you. Absolutely, home ice, 
home ice advantage. T- tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, how long? Well, first of all, what, were you? Did you grow up in Edmonton, or like were you born here? What's your connection to the city? Uh, I was born here in Edmonton. I I grew up mostly in Saskatchewan, but uh, my my mother's side of the family is all Edmonton uh, Edmonton based, and so we spent numerous and numerous amounts of uh, summer vacations in this beautiful little city. Right on. And uh, now you're living and working here. Living, working, yeah. I work out of uh, work out of the local 92, the Lyuna uh, Laborers Union, and uh, yeah, keep busy. Oil field, uh, doing all the oil field work, and right on. Okay, yeah. and and you and you're doing crashed ice. Tell me a little bit about uh, how you got into it. I mean, when I see this sport, I just think to myself, well, there's some crazy people. Uh, so, so what's your story of getting involved here? So my my story actually I I had zero interest when it first came out to actually do any of this, and uh, my my sister at the time was actually she was working with uh, with Red Bull as a MET girl, so she was driving around in a little Mini Cooper handing uh, handing Red Bulls out at the rinks and you know community facilities and stuff, and uh, then this uh, Red Bull crashed ice thing came up and so they had these uh, the sign ups. And everything so she actually ended up she went and signed me up and uh and i wasn't gonna do it i, I was kind of refusing and she got a little mad at me and so i said okay i can't uh we can't have that so i guess i guess i'm going oh jeez. okay <laughs> so, so, yeah, so did uh, did this qualifiers in saskatoon and uh I, I had walked through that and then the same year we had the race in uh, quebec city in 2006 and uh Ended up taking the championship there, and oh, from there, here we are. So you never really practiced? You just went in Saskatoon and did it? Just went in Saskatoon. They had a flat ice qualifier at that time. Okay, so that was flat and ice, all right. Yeah, so we did our qualifications like around an obstacle course and based on time, and obviously the better skaters were going were gonna to be the guys that got picked and, and uh, earn your spot. You win your spot to go. Okay. Yeah, so and then, so yeah, I was... Uh, I got in that group and, yeah, made my way to Quebec, not having any clue as to what was happening or what I was getting myself into <laughs> at all. That's amazing. And, okay, oh, so... Man, and you get there and you look at the track and you're just like, really? Really? I got to go down this on my skates? Like, these, this is this is crazy. Okay, well, so how much, when you're going down, how much is skating? How much is simply balancing? How much is jostling, and how much is jumping? Like, what's the distribution? Well, as the when I when I had started, the, the tracks were a lot more skating based. I mean, you had a you had a downhill entry, and then you had a couple turns, and then there was like long flat spots and long, you know, like with with uh, nice ninety degree turns. So, I mean, back then when when the sports was just kind of coming to North America, we had. Uh, most of it was based on on skating and basic, you know, straight skating skill. There wasn't a lot of uh, big jump features at that time. We we still had our jumps, but they were you know pretty pretty basic. And uh, so I mean, o- and over the years here now, like with the evolution of the sport and uh, and the definite evolution of the athletes, like uh, the jumping has has become become a very very big part of of everything and the and the balance and it's it's pretty much become a really overall everything you need to be at a top level in in every aspect of your 
of everything you mentioned your your skating your balancing your your jumping your your ability to deal with with a little bit of body contact is now, your, uh, now how much body, how much body contact is allowed is is it technically allowed or is it technically it's, banned it's te- <laughs> technically frowned upon okay <laughs> yeah we, i mean you're going to have your your bumping your rubbing and i mean rubbing's racing right and uh it happens but i mean if there's intentional intentional infraction then then you are going to you're going to end up uh disqualified in your run and Ideally, that's not what you want. And I mean, uh, our our rider group we're we're all pretty tight, even though we're all competitive against each other. And and uh, but but in the end, everybody's a big family, so we kind of try to have a lot of rider respect. And you know, you kind of got to have that when you're when you're hitting speeds of sixty kilometers an hour, and you're and you're flying over features thirty feet long, twenty feet high. You you don't really want too many people pushing your and you don't want to you don't want to be that guy that does that and you end up breaking someone's leg or or okay. worse right you know? Gabe Andre joining us on Inside Sports he'll be in the uh, Red Bull crashed ice going uh, down by the Shaw Conference Center Friday and Saturday here in uh, in Edmonton now, a little bit about your your hockey background because didn't you play some pro hockey yeah I played uh, played a little bit of minor pro down in the US I was uh, down in Vegas back when uh, they had the East Coast team they obviously got the NHL team there now um, I was there. I was in uh, Ontario, California for a little bit. And then I was um, a little bit earlier. I was um, in my earlier years back. I was uh, played in Australia for three three seasons. And uh, I played all my, my minor hockey and my junior and stuff in, in Saskatchewan. And, and yeah, just I've been on, the, been on my skates since three, since I was three years old. And it's been my addiction. Nice. Uh, I gotta yeah. ask you this because somebody somebody tweeted me here that that I know from Lloyd Minster. Were you a Lloyd Border King briefly? Uh, briefly, yeah. yeah. The provincials. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. How long yeah, ago we was that? There. Yeah, and uh, I played uh, I played a lot of the senior AAA here out in like Stony Plain and Fort Saskatchewan, and and uh, so I, I still keep playing at a pretty pretty high and competitive level as possible. Gabe Andre joining us on Inside Sports Red Bull crashed ice competitor. So you, you've stuck with it since kind of your sister getting you involved. What what really gets your juices flowing uh, uh, with you for you with this sport? What's kept you going to the competitions and and keeps you going back? Well, I mean, obviously having having the, su- the success that I had when I kind of first started was kind of like wow, you know. I think I think I kind of I kind of find I found my found my thing, and I I think. Um, most of it, you know, I, re- I really enjoy the preparation, I enjoy the training, and then, and then when we come to the races, the it's and especially like how the how the tracks have evolved, they be, they've become more jumping tracks and and feature tracks, and I think the just the feeling when you're kind of when you hit jumps and you're you soar through the air and you're hitting high speeds and and. You know, I'm not much of a skier. I do ski and I snowboard, and but I mean, not as at an aggressive kind of competitive, you know, right. level or whatever. So I mean, having that that ability that I, that skating is my my strong point, and and I'm probably honestly more comfortable in my skates than I am in my shoes. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> just nice. just having being in the comfort zone for me, it's it's a comfortable situation, and. uh the the speed and the, and just the the intensity of it and the and the competitiveness about it 
is uh it's it's i it's it's such a hard feeling to explain when you're when you're up in the gates and you're sitting there waiting and and uh the referee calls out five second warning and you're just like all right nice. time, time to turn on the jets and let's let's make this happen so tell people how the competition uh, works, because it's been three years since this was here. So how many guys do they start with, and, and how do you make it through to the final? Because it, it's four four skaters at a time, right? Yeah. So bas- basically, we have like a, we have a group of sixty four guys that end up qualifying in uh, in the race. We might have a hundred athletes that that show up from different all all different countries in the world. And so basically, what what we do is we Friday night when we. Uh, our first night of competition, we or actually it's Friday morning that we go out. We do our uh, qualifying runs and everything. You get two runs. They base your time. They take uh, top 32 guys. You uh, you're in an automatic in to Saturday, and then they take the the bottom 32, and you you kind of do a little. Um, basically, they make brackets, right? And you and you get down to the. To uh, they take the hundred or whatever, and you break they break it down to the sixty four, and then uh, that's your Saturday night lineup. Just okay. basically like a like a tournament draw, basically. So the first every, every heat's got four guys. So the, the first, first couple times you're going down yourself just for time, eh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Your first like uh, tomorrow night we we go for practice runs. Yeah. We get uh, well, that's our chance to explore the track and learn the features and and uh, get out there and see see what it's all about and then friday morning yeah we get maybe a couple runs and then we go and we put our times down and then that that's positions you as to who you're gonna be up against and where you're gonna sit in that in that ladder so do you know anything about the edmonton track that might make it unique or do you have to wait to see it uh well i've been i was down there today i went and looked at the track and uh obviously the 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 start ramp and the and the big air jump is going to be be a very nice little feature to to explore. And on this track, I think it's uh, this track's going to involve a little bit more skating. So I think uh, the guys that are the guys that have been training cardiovascular aspects of their other other uh, other sport have, are going to be going to be in uh, in a little bit of an advantage. There's that you're definitely going to be burning your legs. Right. Okay. Well, Gabe, thanks for sharing your story. It's great to have yeah, uh, an Edmonton absolutely. name that people can attach to when they go watch this this weekend, and, and all the best. It's it's pretty it's, incredible it's to watch. Be, it's going to be exciting. Friday night they got. Uh, I'm sure they. I think they got the freestyle event, and those those guys are incredible to watch. The the tricks that they do on there, and it's a good time for for uh, for a guy to come out and watch. Absolutely. Thanks for your time, Gabe. I hope we can do this again, buddy. All the best. Yeah, thank you, Raiden. You have yourself a good night. That is Gabe Andre checking in. Red Bull crashed ice. Man, quite a story. So he said basically his, his sister signed him up for a, a race in Saskatoon in 2006. Been going ever since. He was third in the world in 2010. Talked about his minor pro hockey career. Uh, lives in Edmonton. Works in the oil field industry. So yeah, pr- pretty cool for him. So Gabe Andre, an Edmontonian to remember for Red Bull crashed ice. It is 7.20. We'll take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. All right, 
Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. A little bit of Eskimos news here. They have re-signed Canadian offensive lineman Simeon Rotier. You may remember, came out of the U of A back in 2009, drafted first overall by Hamilton, came to Edmonton in 2012. He's played both guard positions and center over the course of his career. Also, Euclid Cummings, who was an Edmonton Eskimo last year, signed with BC during free agency last month. Well, it turns out uh, he's facing criminal charges in a Vancouver court for sexual assaults and threats. I'm uh, reading a report here from J.J. Adams of the Vancouver province. Uh, Adams reporting court documents show that Cummings was charged last April with four criminal offenses stemming from incidents in Vancouver in October of 2016. He was playing with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at the time, uh, charged with sexual assault, assault and uttering threats to cause death or bodily harm, and also the sexual assault of another person. Uh, so the BC Lions uh, learning about this and nullifying the contract. Uh, haven't heard anything from the Eskimos commenting on this. Uh, if they if they knew about it, hopefully they would not have employed this player uh, if they did know about it. But that's the latest there with uh, Euclid Clemming. So we'll keep an eye on that story. Oilers taking on the New York Islanders tomorrow night at Rogers Place. Been tough for the Islanders lately. Winless in their last seven. Just five wins in their last 19. They're six points out of a playoff spot. However, head coach Doug Waite staying positive. Things are going actually really well. We're playing well. Crazy. So, you know, we might have, uh, might have, it's, it's awful tough, but you got to stay positive and you got to go on a run. And then uh, you see it uh, every year from teams, whether it's early in season with Philadelphia or right now with Florida. Uh, teams have the ability to get, uh, you know, eight, nine out of, uh, 10 points and then you build on that so that's what we have to try to do we've been in position to win six out of the last seven games and uh, in position to win because we put ourselves there and we played well enough to win so it's disappointing uh, it is reality there's no uh, acceptance in it but uh, we just got to keep digging and, and uh, I think we've uh, we've changed things about a month ago and we've had good results and uh, just not getting the points and that's what it's all about you know show the money so uh we're gonna keep working all right doug Waite, former edmonton oiler now head coach of the new york islanders some guests on inside sports get gift certificates to northern chicken golden fork winning chicken now open wednesdays that's right now where you can taste edmonton's best fried chicken and mac and cheese check them out 124th street 107th Avenue, northchickenyeg.com. They have some excellent food at Northern Chicken. All right, we got a break for the 7.30 news. I'll give you the updated scores after that. And we'll check in with the general manager of the Golden Bears hockey team, Stan Marple. The Bears have qualified for Nationals next week. Don't know who they're going to play yet. Waiting for the Atlantic playdowns to finish. But we'll touch on marketing, recruiting, the national tournament format, all with Stan coming up in the next half hour. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, good to have you along for the ride tonight. Calgary Flames up 5-0 on Buffalo early in the third period. 
Penguins and Flyers now 2-2 with eight and a half minutes left in the second period. And coming up later tonight, the Coyotes meet the Canucks in the Western Hockey League after two periods in Prince Albert. The Raiders lead the Edmonton Oil Kings 3-2. NBA tonight, the Raptors trying to fight back down 68-62 to the Pistons halfway through the third quarter. No Milan Lucic at Oilers practice today. Head coach Todd McClellan says he is questionable for tomorrow's game with an illness. Jordan Eberle back in town with the New York Islanders. He'll play against the Oilers tomorrow. Really not sure what to expect. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know, like I had mentioned, I got a lot of good memories here. Um, enjoyed my time here. Uh, still tons of friends on the team. And, um, you know, the, this, the, the fans and, and everybody, it's, it's an awesome place to play. So, um, you know, I know the crowd, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they're hopefully not booing me, that's for sure. Yeah, hopefully they give me a warm welcome. I don't think he'll be booed. Islanders head coach Doug Waite on Everly's contributions to the team. His offensive uh, production would probably be like the third or fourth thing out of my, uh, that comes across my lips, just in, in being pleased with him. Uh, just been a, a great addition uh, in every area of the game. I think he's been great with uh, Matt Barzell. They've developed a great chemistry, but I think he's, He's been a, a bit of a mentor and taught him a lot, and he's been very patient with Matt and helped him uh, defensively, uh, gritty, just a real good forechecker, smart hockey player, and uh, you know his numbers are, uh, you know, emulating how he's playing all over the puck, and uh, just a great kid. So, you know, I can't uh, can't say enough about him. Face-off show at 5.30 tomorrow. Game at 7, Oilers and Islanders. Remember, they played uh, back in November, and the Oilers won in Overtime. It's 7.36. Uh, also tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m. tip-off, U of A Golden Bears basketball team taking on Ryerson at Nationals in Halifax. Bears go in as the number four seed. Only lost two conference games all year, one in the regular season and then the Canada West final on Saturday to the Calgary Dinos. So the Dinos go in as number two. The Bears go in as number four. And the U of A hockey team will be going to Nationals next week. Uh, still waiting to see who they'll play in the quarterfinal. Pleased to be joined by Golden Bears hockey general manager Stan Marple. Stan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Great, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's, it's good to have you on the show again. And I should start off by saying congratulations on the Canada West Championship. I, I know it's uh, probably something you guys expect every year rather than, than hope for. I know the big prize is still ahead, but uh, just tell me how it's it still feels to win that Canada West title, especially in the context of another showdown with your arch rival Saskatchewan. Yeah, no. Anytime uh, you win a banner, it's a good thing, and uh, we've uh, this uh, this unit this, this team's done it. Uh, this is our 54th time, you know, overall. So it's quite an accomplishment in itself, and just uh, you know, very proud and honored to be part of that tradition. Just looking ahead quickly here, Stan, the national tournament next week, give me a sense of what we're waiting on in the Atlantic and what you're expecting or maybe hoping for out of the, out of the seating for the eight-team field because obviously the, the matchup you get and the, and the path you get to the title can be, uh, you're given to the title can be pretty significant. It can, and you know, being that you know, you got to win three games no matter what. And uh, the last time we won in Halifax, uh, we started off uh, by playing FX, who was the second-ranked uh, AUS team, and then uh, we ended up playing the Trois-Rivières uh, Patriots, who are also always traditionally a very good team, and then had to beat UNB in the final. So. Um, 
you know, you can speculate as to what you're going to get, what you're not going to get, but uh, the bottom line is you got to be ready to play at the drop of that puck in the first game and keep moving it forward for three in a row and just take it one shift, one period at a time and hopefully uh, outwork your opponent and get a few breaks along the way. Stan, I'm curious to talk to you about the format of the national tournament. And I was one guy, as I'm sure you know, who didn't like the two pools of three. I actually prefer the this single elimination with eight teams, but, but I know it has its drawbacks as well. Teams can travel a long distance just for one game and then they're done. And also the seedings may not actually always reflect the strengths of, of the teams. Now that we've seen this for a few years, I mean, I don't know if it's still under discussion or, or how you feel about it, uh, but give me your sense of, of this single elimination format and maybe its staying power. Well, it's, I like, I mean, obviously it's best for TV and we have to promote our sport nationally. So, you know, we have to kind of take that into very serious consideration. Um, I, I think you're there for a week anyway. I'd like to see a five-team tournament and have a round-robin type scenario like the Memorial Cup, but uh, I can't see that happening anytime soon. So what happens is each each conference uh one of the flaws i think in the seating process is that each conference has to be seated one two three four so you probably have stronger teams in the west and 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 the east that you know there's two ontario teams that have to be you know in that top four so it's kind of skews things a little bit so like let's say that uh, umb is number one and we're two then you're going to have an a uh, oua team two oua teams you know as third and fourth where you know fx has gone neck to neck all season with uh, uh umb and is a very very good team and should probably be ranked in the top three so it you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> you know it's like i said you just have to be ready to play and uh win each shift and win each period well, what I didn't like about the two pools of three is that you could have games come down to goal differential and a team with a lead pulling its goalie to try. You know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't yeah, like that yeah. type of stuff. No, no. This is this is much better and it's much cleaner. You know, uh, you win, you keep going. You lose, you're done. So. Stan Marple joining us on Inside Sports, general manager of the Golden Bears hockey team. Uh, of course, you know you you played for the Bears. You coach the Bears. Now you're the general manager. You've seen the team through a lot of different eras. And you and I have talked a lot. And I and I know you've tried to uh, really encourage students to come to games. Um, there's a lot going on sports-wise in this city. And then, you know, obviously you got an NHL team that's really popular. Certainly when you guys play the Saskatchewan or Calgary's of the world, it's it's something, you know, me as a, as a radio host is more likely to talk about. If, uh, if I might see Lethbridge or UBC on the schedule, it might, have, might not have the same cachet. Give me how you feel, you know, it's been marketing the program over the last couple of years. You know, have you felt you've, you've got some more students uh, out to games? Give me a sense of that. Well, uh, a couple years ago, we uh, allowed the students to come in for free, so uh, for regular season games, and I think that's helped a lot, uh, especially on the Friday nights. You know, Friday is kind of a night where the students, you know, have worked hard all week at school. They want to kind of kick back a little bit and relax, and why not start off your evening with a great hockey game? So, um, you know, that's been a good thing. Uh, we're constantly trying to get more families involved uh, in watching our, our, our game. Uh, 
uh, it, you know, it's a great product. And, um, you know, there's, the, the Western Hockey League is just, uh, you know, a very, very good league. And when you think about it, most of the guys on our team were either assistant captains or captains or, you know, some of the top, you know, two or three or four players on their WHL teams when they played. You know, just guys that didn't get drafted maybe because they were a little undersized. But, um, you know, other than that, it's it, it, it creates a great a great uh, product. And uh, the hockey's uh, extremely fast. And because we only play, you know, 28 league games, each game is, is very, very important. You know, home ice advantage in the playoffs is, is huge. And so almost every game is almost like a playoff intensity level. So it... I think uh, you know the quality of the players in the league, and also the uh, the amount of games in the league really make for a, an excellent, entertaining product. When it comes to recruiting, you know I, I get to talk to a lot of your players, and, and they say they wanted to come to the U of A because of of the history, and, and they know they're probably going to be playing for a national title. Having said that, it's not an automatic that you're going to get players. I mean, there's a couple of good ACAC programs uh, in town. Mount Royal in, in Calgary has gone Canada West. Uh, the Dinos are a large university. And, and, you know, I mentioned Saskatchewan is always a, a cheap rival. A chief rival. Um, for you and for head coach Serge Lejoie, give me a sense of, of the recruiting landscape, Stan, even, even over the last few years when you were coach and now general manager. Has, has it changed? Is it as competitive ever, as ever? Or how, would you, how would you categorize it? Well, it's it's as competitive as ever, and I mean those teams that you mentioned. Yeah, we're competing with them, but we're also competing with another 30 teams across Canada. There's lots of great WHL players that uh, that go out go out east and play. That get recruited by UNB, FX, uh, St. Mary's, all those teams. So, you know, it's uh, it's very very competitive, and you know, since the athletic director here, uh, uh, Dr. Ian Reed, made me. Um, general manager it's allowed me to do more fundraising so that we can create a an excellent environment for our for our athletes and you know your players are sometimes your best recruiters and so you know by word of mouth you know guys that are here are talking to ex-teammates letting them know about you know how uh, we make the guys earn their spot but they uh, they get treated well while they're here and our alumni are a huge help in that regard uh, they provide tutors for guys if they need it, uh, some scholastic help so uh, there's lots of resources here. Uh, I think having a general manager uh, kind of takes a lot of heat off the head coach so that he can focus on being a better head coach and focus on getting the boys ready to play at their best every weekend. And I think that's a very important part of it, whereas a lot of other teams, you know, your head coach is doing everything and, you know, something's got to give. I was in that position one year and it was really tough. So, uh, you know, kudos to, to Ian for creating my position and I think the results since then have been pretty favorable. So I think it's a win-win. Golden Bears Hockey General Manager Stan Marple joining us in Inside Sports. All right, uh, we're going to have a little story time here, Stan. Take us way back, uh, early 90s, you're a player. By the way, that's, I started going to the U of A in 91-92, so when I saw games, I saw a young Stan Marple uh, patrolling the, the Bears' uh, blue line. Uh, and speaking of the national tournament, I think it was a four-team uh, single elimination when, when uh, you were a team, so there was just, when you were a player, it was just a semi and, and, and a final. But uh, I, if I remember properly, I think you might have had a, a pretty big disappointment at the national tournament, but also a pr- pretty big triumph as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, 1990-91, uh, 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 you know, we lost in, uh, in the final to Trois-Rivières. 
we're a very good team and uh you know we we had a really good team as well but uh you know those one-off games anything can happen the night before we managed to beat waterloo and in double overtime doug mccarthy came off the bench and scored a s a and type backhand on a breakaway which was just awesome uh then we went into the final and unfortunately uh we we lost that uh that game and you know we we felt it like you know it hurts you know you're you're you give everything you got for you know 10 months of the year and then to lose it in the, in a one-off game it's it's always tough so that we took that with us and uh i think the following year 91 92 we had a lot of returning players and that really galvanized us and made us that more determined our motto at the beginning of the year was uh we will not be denied and uh we got tra riviere in the in the semifinals and spanked them i think it was nine three or something Corey cluston got a hat trick which was awesome and then we went on and beat acadia i think five two and uh, assistant coach uh, Ian Herbers got the game winner on a uh, a real uh, sissy type wrist shot from the blue line that found its way into the net. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's okay to describe it that way since it was a big goal, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I always tease him about that. He came across the blue line and threw a wrist shot at the net. Someone nailed him and it somehow went in, but it was the game winner, so it was awesome. I was very happy. Right on. Well, Stan, uh, obviously love talking about the Golden Bears hockey program. Glad to see you guys going to nationals uh, again. Thanks for your perspective. Perspective. We'll try to get uh, one of your players on the show here soon leading into the tournament. Really appreciate it, Stan. All the best. All the best to you, too. Thanks a lot, Reed. Right on. Stan Marple, general manager of the Golden Bears hockey program. And, yes, we will do more on them next week as they uh, go to nationals in Fredericton. Not sure yet who they're going to play. If UNB does win Atlantic, the Bears will be uh, the number two seed for that tournament. It is 748. We'll take a final look at the scoreboard when we get back inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Update from the Briar, Alberta's Brendan Botcher looking good tonight, up 8-1 after 6 on Mike McEwen's wildcard team. Both ranks coming into that game with a record of 5-1. Botcher, really good young curler out of our city, went to the U of A, and we were just talking some U of A uh, basketball and hockey in our last segment. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 7 51 inside sports on 630 Chad. A lot going on at uh, the community rink. Rogers place today. Oilers back at practice. No Lucic. He's sick. Questionable for tomorrow, according to head coach Todd McClellan. We'll see if Ethan Bear plays tomorrow. He uh, is remaining with the team and looks like they want to get him into another game or two or maybe even more before sending him back to Bakersfield. Zach Cassian skated up there with McDavid and Dreisaitl doesn't necessarily mean he would be there tomorrow. That's just how they filled in the lines of practice. And, of course, a very well covered by the Edmonton media horde, New York Islanders practice today at the community rink. They hit the ice at 2. Jordan Eberle, Matthew Barzell, Doug Waite all speaking to the media. You can, of course, get more on 630Ched.com. And Eberle expanded on uh, some comments he made a couple of months ago in an article where he said some of the criticism, some of the scrutiny from media and fans got to him and affected his confidence. Obviously, you're not being watched as closely, that's for sure, but um, you know what? just playing in the Long Island market, I think it doesn't get enough praise for you know the fan base there and whatnot. But obviously, the media attention is not as high level as it is here. Um, you know, I think for me last year, 
uh, obviously struggling and then not very not playing well at all in the playoffs and, and getting criticized and obviously rightfully so. Um, you know, it's not it's never fun to have that, but it's just the way it goes. And and uh, I think when you don't have that in in, uh, in Long Island as much, you can maybe uh, you know get your confidence a little bit more. And, and obviously things have been going a little bit well there as far as putting the puck in the net. and want to continue that. Did you feel like? Uh... No, not at all. And I've always said that it's never been unfair. It's it's just how it is. Um, I've always mentioned that you know my time here was awesome in Edmonton. Uh, the media has never been unfair. They they just show you how it is. You know, if you're not playing well, they're going to tell you. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I've always uh, like I mentioned enjoyed my time in Edmonton. It was awesome. I think there's this place where they. Um, gave me a start and gave me an opportunity to, to play in and come in and turn into the player that I am and and, uh, and, I, and I was happy to get a chance to do the playoffs last year. I think I would have um, uh, gone through my time here without some playoff time and, and uh, from the guys that had uh, gone through it before and said how awesome City Witch it was, um, I would have been a little bit disappointed but that being said it was disappointed the way I played in the playoffs too. All right, a little bit there from Jordan Everly. And again, you can get more on 630Ched.com. Flames taking it to the Sabres tonight. It is 5 nothing with three minutes left. Bennett, Jankowski, Giordano, Monahan's 30th, and Dougie Ryan Hamilton, Jess- the goal scorers. Is that a my pillow popping in? And I know the guy loves his my pillow, but <laughs> yeah, please don't interrupt yeah. inside sports. No kidding. <laughs> uh, Dougie Hamilton, the other goal for the Flames, five nothing. They lead Buffalo late after two. Penguins up four two on the Flyers. Connor Sheary with two goals. He's up to 14 on the season. And Phil Kessel has his 28th. Coyotes and Canucks coming up in about 10 minutes. Western Hockey League, 12 minutes left in Prince Albert. The Raiders leading the Edmonton Oil Kings 3-2. And NBA action tonight. The Raptors, after a dismal second quarter, come out and score 40 in the third. They now lead the Detroit Pistons 88-84. That one is early in the fourth quarter. Raptors got a good team. Got a really good team this year. So we'll have the Oilers and the Islanders tomorrow night here on 6.30. Chad Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. We'll have the face-off show at 5.30. The game will start at 7. And then the Oilers close out their five-game homestand Saturday night against the Minnesota Wild. That'll be a 6.30 face-off show with the game starting at 8 o'clock. Yessi Pugliu-Yarvi, a big point of discussion, obviously, for Oilers fans this season. He's looked pretty good at times, not so good at other times. He's kind of settled in on the uh, third line lately with Ryan Strom and Anton Slepeshev. McClellan commenting on that. We've upped his power play time, so he gets to play there. Uh, we've put him on the off wing, um, and when you do that, you're uh, taking him out of maybe a position he's comfortable in and putting him uh, in one that he isn't. Uh, therefore, we'd like not to have them on the ice against the top, other team's top uh, D pairings and, and, and lines, and I think it's worked. I feel that Stromer and him have had some uh, um, unity or, uh, uh, you know, they read off of each other on the line, so that's strong. And, um, you know, just the, the momentum that that line has right now, we want to keep it together. Text here from Mark. He says, I'm not buying the whole playing for personal goals and giving more than 100% effort down the stretch for the last few games for the Oilers. If they let loose and increase their effort for the last 20 games when the games don't matter, where was that effort the previous 20 or the previous 40 when the games did matter? That is from Mark, and that is a fair comment, my friend. But having said that, I would like to see some Oilers maybe get a little bit of their mojo back here down the stretch. Thanks to our guests, Stan Marple, Gabe Andre, Sean Burke. You heard comments from Everly, Barzell, McClellan, 
Nuge, Waite, Strom. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. What? 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.